Welcome to the Imago Day Community Podcast. Hey, Imago Day, it is good to be with you this Sunday. A shout out to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day to you. I hope it's a great day with your family. Um, a few years ago, we started a tradition where all I wanted was a parade. And so for the last seven years, I get about a 30 second parade of my kids uh, walking in front of me. So you might want to tune in on Facebook or Instagram or something. Check that out. But happy Father's Day. We appreciate you. And I know so many of you are working hard to be good dads, to be dads that point your sons and daughters uh, to Jesus. And so I'm grateful for you. And I hope you can just enjoy God's blessing on this day. We're in a series called We're the Church, and I want to jump right in. We want these sermons to be short enough for you at home as you're trying to kind of rally uh, kids and everything else and um, and create a sanctuary in your home. But today, uh, we're in 1 John chapter 1. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. And the thing about this moment for us is we are scattered together. Uh, we're working hard as a staff to figure out what it's going to look like when we gather again, whenever that is. But in the meantime, we gather in our homes. We gather. Some of you might be gathering physically right now, but the 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 underpinning of whatever it is, whenever we gather, is our identity as the people of God. And and what does it mean in this moment to say we are? the church. I love what John writes here in 1 John chapter 1. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And as John says that, he's speaking as the beloved disciple. He's speaking as one of the apostles who walked with Jesus. And so he's saying, our eyes have seen him, our hands have touched him. He is a first person witness to both the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the ascension of Jesus. And he says, this is the word of life, the one that we proclaim to you. And he says this, that the life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Verse five, he says, this is the message we have heard from him and we declare it to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out of the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What's really important about this passage is that in it, we learn a whole bunch of things about what it means to say we are the church. And the first is our identity. 
are, we are the household of faith. We are the ones who have received from the apostles their firsthand account of the very being of Christ. And that what Jesus brought to us was his relationship with the Father. That is eternal. The communion of the Father and the Son and the Spirit that has existed for all eternity. And John says that relationship has been shared with us, with the apostles. Our fellowship is with the Father and his Son. And so then he says to them, we want you to have that fellowship too. And so I think it's really important that we remember that when we say we are the church, we're not talking about an organization. We're not talking about an institution. But we are talking about those who participate in the very life of the Father and Son that Jesus has welcomed us through his blood to participate in his relationship with the Father. And so John uses this word fellowship over and over, and that fellowship isn't, um, you know, coffee hour after church. He's talking about, he's using the language of fellowship as an active sort of like a verb, and, and it's, it's about participation. And, and what he wants them to do is he wants them to understand that your identity as a fellowship, your identity as a people is grounded in the identity of the Father and the Son. And that has been gifted to you by the Spirit. And John is saying, I want you to have that fellowship with us. There is a longing that he captures here, and it's a longing not just for believers, but also for all those sons and daughters who the Father has yet to welcome home, who he's still looking for. And he's saying, there's a desire within me that you would be grounded in your identity as those who participate in the life of the Father and Son. And what that means is that we're participating in a spiritual mystery that for all eternity, the Father and the Son have loved each other, have, have been for each other. And in that communion of love, it is over, kind of spilled over to us through the life of Christ. And so our identity is grounded not as an organization, but we are the people of Jesus who through Jesus, by his spirit, participate in his relationship with the Father. And that means that the God the Father is your Father. But he's not your Father alone. He's also the Father of your brother and your sister in Christ. And that when we look out at the church, the this community, particularly this household of faith, Imago Dei, that it's so important that you look out and you see brothers and sisters that share one father. That you see those whom Jesus has called to live an active, participating life in the very love of God. And so that love that the Father has for you is not yours to hoard, but it's yours to give away. And the paradox here is that when you 
display the love of the Father, you actually experience it more and more. That is who we are. We are the sons and daughters of God. That's what the church is. So when we say, I go to Imago Day or I go to life change, or I go, that, that's great. These are the households. We all express it differently, but we are one people who share one Father, one Lord, one faith. And our identity is we are participating in the love of the Father. But we also have a life together. And I love what he says here. He says, I want you to really understand that that participation is not passive. Even though it is definitely God for us, it's not ours to kind of sit back on and just go, oh man, it's so awesome. And he gives us a picture of what that participation looks like. He says, God is light, in him there's no darkness. And so if we claim to have fellowship, that participation in his life, and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out of the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. See, our life together is characterized not by membership, not by uh, a role that we have in the church, but our life together is characterized by those who are gonna walk underneath the light of God, the light that shines down on us. And, and when he says, you know, John also write the gospel of John and he speaks of Jesus as the light has come into the world, but the world has preferred darkness. And the reason that that is, is because part of walking with the father and walking with the son is that our lives are open books before him that we begin this walk with confession, meaning that I know I don't deserve to walk in the light because there is much in me that is dark, but by his grace, he has forgiven and renewed me so that I now can actually walk in the light. Brothers and sisters, his heart here is that we would be a people who are not hiding in the darkness, not, not burying our shame in some kind of hidden compartment and faking this relationship with God. An authentic community of faith, that is what Jesus has always created, always wanted. And that authenticity isn't so much as uh, bragging about the darkness, right? but it's celebrating the light. And what we have to recognize here is that our life together can only be in the light so much as we participate in the life of Jesus through the Spirit, right? It's that relationship of the Father and the Son that is eternal, that spills over to us, that he's saying, I have included you in this relationship. And so there's a couple things about that life together. It's other-centered. The Father is always looking at the Son, and the Son is always focused on the Father, and the Spirit is always communicating that love back and forth. To walk into the light is to have our eyes on God and others, not getting sucked into our own sort of introspection. The other thing about walking in the light is that it is not afraid 
of being honest about our sin. What I love in verse eight through nine, he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And if we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. What he's saying there is that in our life together, it is about holding one another in this rhythm of repentance and forgiveness and renewal. And we're always in some kind of process there, right? None of us are sinless. He says, if you're, if you're acting like you don't have sin, then you're lying. But at the same time, we have someone that has welcomed us to say, I want you to confess this because he is faithful, he is just, he forgives it, and he purifies us from all unrighteousness. And this is where the hypocrisy that has traditionally kind of always diluted the witness of the church is so important. That if you're looking to your pastors to be sinless and perfect, man, you have come to the wrong place, right? We, we need each other though on this journey because this isn't about just private confession. We know the scriptures say, confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. And so part of being the church, even in a moment like this, is that you can't do it by yourself. And we need one another. And I know we always want to gather around topics and read the latest book, but, but let me give you some just basic advice. What all of us need are a group of people that we can come to and that we can confess our sins to, that we can hear them pronounce the forgiveness of Jesus over us, and that we can all experience that purification that comes from the mercy and the blood of Christ. That is our life together. And so it's as simple as gathering around the word, gathering around prayer, and just talking honestly, what does it look like for you this week to walk into the light? And here's where I stumbled into the darkness, and here's where I went off on my kids or my marriage, whatever that thing is. But we can't do this alone. And so he says to them, if we claim to have fellowship with him and we walk in the darkness, we're lying. If we claim that we don't have sin, we're lying. And you see now how close the light of the God is to the truth of God. God isn't asking for perfection, but he is asking for honesty. And we need to be a people who can absorb one another's honesty with mercy and grace. That we can also exhort one another in truth and love. And that is a fellowship that is radically different from an organized church with programs and activities. This is about a people who have a passion to walk in the light of Jesus and to let that life overflow through them, through our cracks, through all our brokenness, that that light would shine out and the darkness would not overcome it. And that when we stumble, when we fail, when we sin, that we are quick 
to confess our sins. And man, we need each other in this. My One of my fears for us and for myself is that American Christianity is so individualized and so privatized that we never consider confessing our sins to one another. You know, in the Catholic Church, they confess, they have confessional booths, they confess to a priest, and we know that Jesus is our great high priest. We don't have to confess to anyone to be saved. And yet at the same time, what they, I believe the Catholic Church understands in that practice is that there is something purifying about verbalizing and hearing yourself say, I did it, and I'm, I'm sorry, right? Forgive me. There is something so beautiful that that very act, Jesus says, miraculously takes you out of the darkness and brings you back into the light. And so our life together is one of loving each other and serving each other, but it's also and primarily so about locking arms and saying we together are going to live in the light of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And that means we're gonna be honest about all of us. And we're gonna live that honesty before God together. That's a beautiful gift. And, and I know it's a very vulnerable gift, but, but Jesus didn't come to set up some perfect you know, facade. He came to start a revolution of people who have been radically transformed by the mercy and sacrifice of Christ, who together now are a collective witness, a collective fellowship, those who participate in the very life of Jesus. And so <clears throat> what that means is we have a we have an identity, we have a life together, but we also have a purpose. And that purpose is that we are the holy people of God who walk in the world and have fellowship with one another. Holy worldliness. We are in the world, but we're not of it. We walk into the darkness, but the darkness doesn't overtake us, right? Um, and I think it's such a beautiful phrase, holy worldliness, because it means that we are not people that are hiding from that world up on a hill, but we are people that are sent into the darkness to be the light of Jesus to the world. And as we do that, we have one that washes away the darkness when we, stit, when we stumble, when we fall, so that we can continue to have fellowship with one another and bear witness to the light and the love and the mercy of Christ to the world. Brothers and sisters, as we take communion this morning, my prayer for you is that you will use this moment, wherever you are, to practice the purifying power of confession, right? To allow the Spirit to search your hearts before the, the bread and the wine, the broken body and the shed blood, that that very act of Jesus is the thing that ushers us in to participation with the Father and the Son. This is a time for us not to lie, right? Not to lie, but before God to speak the truth, here's where I have sinned. And before God to receive the forgiveness of your sins, the purification 
from all unrighteousness and to return in fullness to the light. To confess those sins to one another is one of the greatest gifts we have as the people of Jesus. Imago Dei, I love you. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen.